so have you been watching train spotting no i have not i have not been watching train spotting i uh i have not watched anything i don't think um in the last week uh except for i i watched when i when i found out um so i don't know if you if you did the vine thing at all when that was still around um i did not yeah. yeah uh but there was this one that i saw that um I, you, you've probably seen it, but it's that that little girl in the fairy costume heel flipping down the stair set on the skateboard. Oh, right. Didn't she just win an Olympic medal? She just something? medaled. So that's that's literally the only thing I've watched this week was just like, I was just like, oh, yeah, I watched that Vine like a million times when that came out because that was like one of the best clips I've ever seen. And I was just like super stoked to find out that she won a medal. Um, yeah, so I watched a little bit of the skateboarding this week, but that was it. So, <laughs> oh, and it's funny because the reason I'm asking is because you have a very similar hairstyle to what Ewan McGregor sports in train spotting. That's right. Which is a very new look for you. So I, that's why I asked. I was like, oh, are you doing like Ewan inspo train spotting, like Irvine Welsh style inspo? Or yeah, I'm just generally, I'm just like, you know, I'm. I'm miserable at times, but I'm really just wanting to be totally miserable all the time. So I'm going to try and live more like a train spotting character in my day to day. So <laughs> just kind of like lean right into the nihilism, just like just oh, dive right into the sucks. toilet of nihilism. I'm Robbie McDonald. And I'm Jordan Lee. We're two writers who've been friends for 15 years. Recently, we both discovered we have the shared experience of figuring out we have ADHD in midlife. Holy Shit, I Have ADHD is a platform for adults discovering their neurodivergence, as well as a way to spread awareness of ADHD. This is a podcast about ADHD, hosted by two people with ADHD. While each episode has a general theme, our meandering trains of thought mean we often cover several other themes in the process. We are not experts, simply two people sharing their experiences of discovering their ADHD in midlife. If you suspect you or someone you know may have ADHD, speaking to a medical professional should be part of your discovery journey. Don't choose life, just choose oblivion. <laughs> but yeah, um, no, I just, uh, I, I, it, it was very, very hot and I didn't want to spend a bunch of money on a real haircut. So I just got the clippers out and hung my head over the bathtub and there was a lot of hair. Oh my goodness. There was so much hair. So, wow, yeah. <laughs> it looks good though. I like it. It's a fresh look for you. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah, I do it every once in a while and, um, I actually think it looks better with a different glasses shape than I have on right now. I think that when I have short hair, it looks better with like an, an aviator type frame rather than this, uh, than this one, but you know, I, it still looks good. So <laughs> nice. Is it still yeah. hot as you know what in Calgary too? Uh, up and down, but definitely today it is. Uh, it's, it's a little warm today for sure. So I'm hanging out in my, my ball shorts and my uh, uh, short sleeve button down again. So <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty gross here today. I can already kind of smell a bit of the smoke and I was out on the balcony earlier and I just, yeah, it was already starting to get hot. Um, yeah, even last night, it was like sitting outside just kind of looking up at the stars and it was a lovely, it would be a lo lovely summer evening if it didn't just kind of feel wrong somehow. Mm. Like it should be cooler in the evening. It should be, um, the air should be sweeter. Um, yeah, there's something in me kind of intuitively that knows there's something off about not seeing yeah. rain in Vancouver. It hasn't rained in Vancouver for 40 days. Wow. That is so unusual for this rainforest <laughs> location. We're supposed to be like temperate rainforest, like lush and misty. And this is not that. So it feels wrong. It's weird. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I, I definitely like waffle a little bit when I see something like the bright orange sun that we had last night and between like oh man this looks awesome and like oh this is a very very bad omen of things to come <laughs> like it can't get much more on the nose than that can it <laughs> right yeah we're not supposed to be walking around the set of dune like there's something <laughs> really weird right like um yeah I've, I've definitely been feeling that kind of like existential grief i guess of what's happening right now and just sort of Trying to just, yeah, one one step at a time, one day at a time, however that you want to call it. Whatever the 12-step folks say. Sometimes in the Buddhist 12-step tradition, they say one breath at a time, which I think is mm. kind of cool, too. Yeah. Sometimes that's all you can do is just, like, take it down to the breath and just go, okay, 
We uh, we just ordered some special masks, like some smoke masks. Mm. Came all the way from the UK. So that's nice. I guess we have privilege in having a mask to, to go to the store. God, that's weird. Just even contemplating that, right? Like just going to the store, you have to put on this thing so your lungs don't get charred. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to summer in 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I think I mentioned last time that um, uh, after the mandate, was removed still for the most part people were wearing masks uh when i went out but that dropped off pretty fast again i'm pretty much the only person masked up me and a couple of the like staff people when i go anywhere these days i feel like so oh yeah i well i noticed yesterday that um where did i go i went to the greek market the parthenon Mm. uh, which is not far from us down broadway one of my favorite spots and this is not an ad for the parthenon but i do enjoy a lot of their their snacks and goodies and cheeses and whatnot but um yeah i went in yesterday and pretty much everybody except for it was so strange that my brain immediately leapt to judgment because it was like (laughs) two older white dudes who like didn't practice any social distancing when they were behind me in the line outside neither of them were wearing masks and then they just kind of like marched straight up and started barking orders at the uh, the stuff behind the counter and I was like yep all right <laughs> just like keep my distance I'll just wait until you have cleared the vicinity before I try to do anything and 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 I know I kind of have this like projection of like oh it's like another middle-aged entitled white guy who's like you know thinks the world revolves around him and thinks that masks are like inhibiting his freedom or some shit you know and it, you know um, that just I have strong opinions about that, but I know that <laughs> people are starting to um, not wear masks, but then I have been staying away from the news, which has been good for my mental health, uh, but I dipped in yesterday and saw the numbers are going up again, and I thought, really? Like, like so that drum circle that you had, like, was that really necessary so soon? Did you really need to be out on the beach licking each other's sweat, like, this soon in the game? Couldn't you have just waited, you know? But I also understand that people are really craving connection and social contact, and especially folks that live alone. I know it's been a really, really hard time. And, I, you know, I, I understand as humans, we're social beings, and we need that contact. It's just that, like, why does it have to go from, like, like no contact to like just everybody. Like, why do you have to like run down to Granville and like go to like some bar? Like, right. Yeah, why can't you just like hang out with like five friends? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and I'm not young anymore. So like for me, I don't have the same motivations as I did when I was in my 20s. Maybe in my 20s, I would have been the person out of the drum circle licking my buddies. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I would have gone to a drum circle in my 20s, so I was never quite the hippy-dippy type. I'm not sure. Would you? I am much, much better now than I was before about not immediately writing things off that seem like, oh, this is really cringy. But uh, yeah, like certain certain things, I still, I just, I can't help it. I have this, like, this, this part of my body that just my hackles go up right away when, like, you know, mm. drum circles and even certain things that, like, like, slack lining that looks fun that looks really fun and yet i probably would never do it because i'm just like oh yeah no what am i gonna do next like follow the fucking dave matthews band around on tour like i'll take a hard pass on that thank you <laughs> you know it's so funny you bring up slack lining because my little sister has gotten super into it during the pandemic because it was something she could do by herself when uh, she was living uh she was in Tilsonburg for a while there and there was literally nothing to do. So that was something she could do in a solitary way. Mm-hmm. Um, but in her defense, I don't think she listens to Dave Matthews. Um, <laughs> um, but for her, it was like something, it was a mental health and a, and a physical piece because she has a totally. background in gymnastics and diving. She's always been very active. So she needed something beyond just doing yoga to kind of get her body moving. But I hear you about like falling off and stuff because she posts these really funny videos to Instagram called the Wednesday Wobble where she's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> one of the windows and falling off. It's really cute. Um, hi, Liz, if you're listening. See you soon, because she's moving here to do her master's right. in communications at UBC. I'm super stoked for. Um, but yeah, that it's funny that slacklining too was something I used to look at people in the distance and go, why? 
are you doing that <laughs> <Some> weirdo <laughs> it looks fun though but it's just it's it, it's there it, it looks like a fun activity but it's just something that by dint of its proximity to jam band culture and kind of <laughs> things that i would rather avoid uh yeah unfortunately just gets lumped in there and that baby gets thrown out with the bathwater. so yeah that's a good point though like something when you decide the culture around it doesn't really vibe with you you just dismiss it yeah right? and i think kind of like I don't know if this is an ADHD specific thing per se, but just like, it's just kind of the, how much bandwidth do I have to, to do something or think about something? Am I going to do this because it would feel good for me? And then the people around it don't matter or do I want to do this? And then like try to, I don't know, kind of make space for understanding, right? Like I go through this with all the meditation stuff and the, all the time, like am I, I don't call myself a Buddhist per se anymore because I don't belong to any specific order really. Um, I still practice a lot of the principles of it, but a lot of, and maybe I'm going to go down a bit of a rabbit hole here because I do this sometimes, but like um, reading Jenny O'Dell's book um, about uh, resisting the attention economy kind of maybe solidified this idea for me that sometimes um, movements that have been kind of westernizing uh, Eastern philosophical traditions tend to kind of layer on top of it this kind of dogmatic Anglo-Saxon um, kind of rigor where it's like, oh, okay, so you want to be a, a Buddhist in whatever order this is, and we've, we've brought this to the West for you, so yay us. Um, but uh, in order to belong to this, then uh, you need to kind of be a bit pious about it, right? So you need to be a vegan, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to renounce this, you can't have ever had an abortion, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And for me, that doesn't jive, because even if you look at somebody like the Dalai Lama, like, he eats yak butter when he's in Tibet, he eats whatever is put in front of him at state dinners, he eats what's available. And people that live in food deserts, like, can't eat like vegan popsicles or whatever the hell. I don't know people are, there I go again. But um, yeah, it just, I've been reflecting on that a lot lately. Like, is it a, is it a spiritual path that you're on or a religious one? And do those two always have to kind of intertwine? Can you not just be practicing the path and trying to focus on that uh, without necessarily, um, here's the thing that Jenny O'Dell was talking about was the kind of arrogance of, um, the vegan idea that um, eating or consuming a sentient being is causing harm. <clears throat> There's a certain amount of like projection that has to happen and a lot of like mental gymnastics to say that eating a carrot is causing less harm than eating um, an ethically sourced um, cow, for example, right? So I just find that really interesting. It's like, oh, okay, so in order to be Buddhist, you have to be vegetarian, but not really because there's lots of Buddhists in other parts of the world that aren't vegetarian, right? <clears throat> Where did that even start? I don't even know. I, I don't even think I had said it out loud, but I'm going on a silent retreat. <laughs> oh, no, you hadn't said it out loud, which is probably perfectly in line. It sounds like you're practicing already. Yeah, so I'm, I'm doing that in, in like August, right? So not telling anybody else what I'm thinking, just like saying it inside, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm going on a silent retreat, the same one that Isolde went on um, in the first week in August, just for four days um, outside of Squamish. So I'm excited about it, but it's got me thinking a lot about how I, how I want to practice and um, what, what that looks like for me. Yeah. That's awesome. You must be looking forward to that. I am. I haven't been out of the city since um, the last time I was out of Vancouver was when I went on a panic holiday to Galliano Island when I was so stressed out at my old job. <clears throat> and it was February 2020. So things were, we were starting to become aware that there was a, yeah. something was on the horizon. And I remember feeling all this anxiety on the ferry because I didn't want anyone near me. Um, and then I remember getting to the retreat and like my phone was just constantly going. And then I made the mistake of checking my email and it was not, it wasn't even a retreat. I was just like, yeah, sitting in a hotel room, stressed out. Um, it was so weird. And I spent a bunch of money and, but I did see Orca. So that was exciting. Hey, nice. It's always nice when you get to see them doing their patrols. They patrol around those islands. Quite, it's quite lovely. I saw it right from my room, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, that was the last time I was out of the city. So um, well over a year. Uh, and 
I'm I'm ready. Like I'm ready to just not be in the city for a few days. Like it's really grinding on me right now. All the construction and the just people peopling. Hmm. When was the last time you got out of Dodge out of Calgary? Um, I took a little uh, road trip down uh, down to Lethbridge. Let me see. That would have been back in February. Um, oh, and yeah, then I've just done like a couple of little cup and a couple of little cup and a couple <laughs> of little driving trips and stuff like that. Um, but not staying anywhere. Just kind of like mm. you know, I'm gonna go up the 22 for a couple hours today and just yeah, just just get some put put, put some pavement under the wheels and and drive around a little bit. So. Uh, yeah, a little bit of that, but not not any like real travel travel. The last time I did that would have been um, September 2019, probably, I think was when I was uh, back in Ontario uh, visiting my family. So yeah, that would have been the last little bit of travel I did. So yeah. Do you feel yeah. that, that urge to just like, uh... you know, not really, because I've always been kind of a homebody. I definitely feel like... Um, I definitely want to get out of my my place more and, and just like get get out more in that way. But there's not like any kind of big travel urge that's grabbing me. But I've never had kind of that that travel urge. Um, it's not. Yeah, I, I just don't I don't travel that much. And it's never kind of where I've gotten my joy. Um, for me, it's so much of it is about people. And I just find that like, you know, I, the, the, there's so many people to meet and, and get to know and interact with in the city here. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> that's, that's, an, I like that perspective. It's not so much about like the geographical relocation, but the people that you meet, right? The experiences that you have. Yeah. Trying new, new things. And that's, that's something that again, I'm, I'm way better about, um, than I was when I was younger is just like trying new things. And like, I don't know if I'm going to like this or not, but let's give it a go. Um, and yeah. And that's, and that's just like a lot of uh, yeah. It, it's, it's very satisfying to kind of like not test your limits, but maybe um, test your understanding of who you are by trying out things that might be different. And then that's kind of, I like you and I were talking about this a little bit on the episode where we talked about friendship. Um, I've never really had trouble making friends. And part of that is because you'll, you, you, if, if you, if you keep yourself open to trying out different activities and things like that, you always end up meeting one or two people through one of these things. Like, you know, you might strike out at a couple, but you'll, there'll be something that you like and you'll meet a few people through that. And then, you know, spending time with those people will introduce you to other activities. Cause you know, everybody's got, uh, uh, a myriad of, of things that they're into and hobbies and whatever. And so, you know, you try new things and meet new people and that leads to trying more new things and meeting more new people. And that's, you mm. know, kind of how your, your little friendship web expands. <laughs> friendship web. I like that. Cause I, I do feel that's something I, I would like to um, give some more space and focus to uh, this year is um, maybe meeting some new people um, and trying to kind of, re-spark maybe some friendships that have kind of um, gone by the wayside through the pandemic just by virtue of, um, you know, when people have kids or when they're working full yep. time, it's just a completely different life. And like the pandemic has really revealed that, like the stresses that people have and just all that uncertainty and constant change and everything. And so people that I would really like to have seen, I haven't seen um, or even been able to keep in touch with. And I, I think there was a time I would have really been hurt by that. And sometimes it does hurt. But now I feel like, well, this has been an extraordinary situation. And nobody, everybody's doing their best, right? Everybody's just trying to survive and, um, you know, keep their family fed. And so I'm, I may be more forgiving. And we've talked about this before on the show too. Like when, when you don't hear from somebody for a long time, it's like, you don't think about them that much. But then when they come back, it's like, oh, hey, Right. It's like, oh, it's so good to see you. I missed you. Right. But it's not like a constant pining. It's just like a, a little bit of out of sight, out of mind. But then for the most part, people that I've lost touch with that hasn't been for any specific reason. It's just been circumstantial. Right. Like just like, oh, pandemic. Fuck. I got to figure out what I'm going to do with these kids. You know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I am trying to think about that and realizing too I'm really bad for not answering messages and texts and um, emails that 
you know, are sent with all this lovely intent and, and it's like, oh, hey, have you thought about this? And I go, ah, I don't want to think about that right now. I'm going to answer this when I have the bandwidth. And then it languishes. And then it's 10 days later and I'm like, oh, it's too late to answer now. And yeah, they, I'm, yeah, I'm so bad about that stuff. And, and uh, not only just kind of email and electronic communication, but um, something I've been trying to be better about since figuring out I do have ADHD is just like, I, I have been my entire life historically just absolutely abysmal at birthdays, holidays, anniversaries, all that kind of stuff at, at just like, you know, remembering to do something, remembering to send a card, remembering to say hi, all that kind of stuff. And so I've really been trying to like get better about that just as like a, a small way to kind of like, again, um, not excuse it, but I have like an understanding now that like, okay, you don't need to fucking beat yourself up for never sending birthday cards because you know, mm. that's just that that's not how your brain works. That's, that's a system yeah. that's designed for neurotypical people. But um, you know, do I like it when I get that kind of stuff? Absolutely. Do I want to give that same joy to other people by doing that for them? Absolutely. And so I'm just like trying to to try to yeah turn that turn that leaf over this year and and get better about getting cards out and even if it's late or something you know again where before I would be like oh fuck I didn't uh, uh, say happy birthday to this person it's two days after their birthday now I'd better just like wait for the calendar to change over to the next year again and hope I catch it on the next go round but like that's that's a crazy way to go through life like someone's not going to be like get get that message from you on the 18th when their birthday was on the 16th and be like. Oh, you, oh, you, you come now to me and you deign to wish me a happy birthday. Like get back into the fucking mud pit peasant. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not having it right now, but it's like, that's, that's never the reaction. It's always like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. Thank you very much. I had a lot of fun. Like, you know, and, and that's nobody's, nobody's mad about getting that, that late birthday message or that late card. They're happy that they got one at all. So. Right. Yeah. And it's funny, like being a, a super sensitive person, I know that even like this last year, because <laughs> my, um, my birthday falls like within my family around the same time as a lot of other people and shortly before Christmas. So it's pretty common for um, my mom or my dad to call like a day before or a day after. And it's really not that big a deal. But depending on how sensitive I'm feeling about my birthday that year, um, I can take it like super personally, like, oh, hey, like singing happy birthday on the phone. And I'm like, thanks, mom, it's tomorrow, you know, and then I feel all sad inside. And then I'm like, oh, but she also has like all these other things going on. She's an right now an 80 year old person with COPD who has just survived a pandemic. I think I can cut her some slack. <laughs> Hi, mom, I know you're listening. Anyway, um, but yeah, no, I'm always really glad to hear. Her. Um, but yeah, I think that that's um, for, for, for most folks, it, it it ain't no big thing if you don't call on the day of because chances are their days is pretty stacked anyway and like mm -hmm. they're probably really happy to hear from you the couple days later and um yeah i try to think about that too uh speaking of i know you have a a one-year birthday coming up on august 1st yes i do just a few short days from now will be mm -hmm. my, my one-year soberversary which is exciting yeah. and and a little bit scary well, i don't know why it's scary um yeah but uh, I, I did, in fact, um, have a chance to test out one of the things that I was wondering about. Um, mm -hmm. I got last week, I got an invite to go and, and join some friends out on out on a patio. And I was kind of like at first, like, no, probably shouldn't, blah, blah, blah. And then I realized that, like, no, like. It, it was it was getting to the point, I think I hadn't seen anyone except for the people at the grocery store for like a week and a half I just wasn't getting out of my apartment mm -hmm. and that was just like okay no this is this is like starting to look like depression isolation not like germs are scary isolation um okay. so I was like okay no I gotta I gotta get over this hump and get out and yeah and I had a perfectly nice evening out um drinking whatever it was virgin mojitos or something uh hanging out mm -hmm. with a few friends while they had some beers and stuff and yeah and so it wasn't like uh an awkward or weird thing for me in any way, which was nice. So, you know, I'm, I'm uh, less worried about the prospect of kind of like being able to get 
quote, back into the groove of socializing when things kind of get back to normal again. So, but yeah, it's just it's more about being diligent about my own boundaries and aware of that stuff. Yeah. And I'm, I'm almost certain nobody at that table was like, come on, Jordan, have a bunch of shots. What are you, well, a loser? Like, I'm pretty sure that wouldn't happen. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's, I think everybody was between 37 and 45 or something. So that's not, <laughs> you know, if, if you're, if you're still riding that wagon hard, there's maybe like some other things in your life that you got to look at. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. You might have some bigger issues other than the shots of tequila you're doing. Yeah. That's uh, that's so true. Right. And most people, they probably just were happy to see you, right? Yeah, exactly. It was just great to see people and, and have, you know, some semblance of a, of a normal hangout evening. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that's going to look like. I mean, I've, I've hung out with a few people just in really small groups uh, over the last few months, like outside in parks and that kind of thing, but nothing. I don't know. I, I have been talking about this too. Like when I, when I even contemplate the idea of going to, I was doing a focus group actually with um, uh, the city of Vancouver about accessibility. You know, the the province and the city are, and the and the federal government are trying to make things more accessible, right? And that's great. Um, there's just a lot of steep learning because um, what a lot of people don't understand too about and my hearing loss, coupled with the ADHD, is that most restaurants are not a place where I can be. They just aren't mm. because um, not only are they loud, the music is loud. The way a lot of new restaurants are designed is that there's no soft corners. There's no fabric to absorb the sound. Um, so I can't hear any people properly. And then also um, with ADHD, if there's a television anywhere in sight in that joint, I am not going to be able to participate in the conversation because I'm going to be staring vacantly at the screen because it's like appealing to me, right? It's a novelty. Um, so just trying to explain to people kind of through this sort of focus group that a lot of places that you would gather are not necessarily accessible or inviting to somebody like me. Um, and, and what are some ways that they could be made that way? Well, you know, you could add some fabric to your interior design or your restaurant. You could actually test the sound within your restaurant because most of them they've done tests. The UBC did a big study about this a couple of years ago um, where the noise is actually causing harm. So it's not just an inconvenience. You're actually hurting people. Like, and I'm, I've been trying to kind of advocate for that more is like um, it's, it's not just that it, you know, it's kind of a, a hassle for restaurants to do this and, goodness knows restaurants have been through so much this year because of the pandemic has impacted their business. But if you want to have, if you know, if you're interested in accessibility, if you're going to have a ramp so that people can come and use uh, your restaurant in a wheelchair, then also think about people that are neurodiverse. Think about people with hearing loss, think about people who uh, are blind. Um, yeah. So it's been, it's kind of been interesting these last couple of weeks to be thinking a little bit more intently about that, like what the city can start to do. Um, in terms of wayfinding, things like the SkyTrain. Um, for somebody like me, like if if there's a <clears throat> something being broadcast over the speakers, it doesn't land for me. It's usually so garbled anyway. I don't know if you've ever, have you been to New York, Jordan? I have not been to New York, no. Oh my God, the subway? There's always somebody going, <laughs> and then like, <laughs> throwing some hearing loss and ADHD on top of that. And it's like, I can't, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, the thing you just brought up about um, uh, TVs uh, was really interesting and just about noise mm -hmm. levels in general, because that's, that's something that um, there's a real trend, not only, of course, in, in commercial design, but in, in uh, home and like home interior design, everything is this idea that that carpeting is gross, carpeting is tacky, carpeting is dirty, carpeting is a fucking germ swamp whatever all these kinds of like <laughs> anyway carpeting gets a bad rap is what i'm saying but um mm. i i find that that i have so much of an easier time in carpeted spaces and as you say things that have something hanging to deal with the sound reflections and just sort of dampen it a little bit mm -hmm. because yeah like the the trend not only in well i mean the, the, like look think, think of um think of the house that your grandparents had and lived in and then think about every house that you've seen that's been built say since 1990 and 
everything is one big room now. Like, like it's, it's a big open hallway with an open living room. And then there's maybe like a half wall or something to kind of cut off the kitchen or whatever. It's not separate rooms that are really kind of um, defined and, and, and cordoned off from each other. And so basically the, this idea of like space and, and more space and more open space specifically has kind of come to appeal uh, not only in, in commercial designs, but in, in home interior ones. And that's just like, yeah, that is, that is a nightmare as far as like having a quiet house and soundproofing and all these things. Um, mm -hmm. And, and, and just kind of like having a little bit of the, the noise suppression that, that as you know, I, I find that like, it makes such a huge difference for me to be in a carpeted room and things like that. But again, um, mm. so few rentals have carpets and stuff these days. So few restaurants are like, you know, have like the plush booths mm -hmm. and all these kinds of um, things hanging on the wall to kind of deflect the sound and all that stuff. And you're right. It's, it makes everything much, much louder. And then of course you, so it, but, but by choosing that direction of having the wide open, not soundproofing space, that means that in order to give a modicum of privacy to people's conversations, the solution is to crank in music that's even fucking louder. And then so everybody's yelling at each other in this room that doesn't absorb any sound and everything's 30 decibels above where it needs to be. And yeah, and it's a nightmare to like mm -hmm. kind of focus on things. Um, and the TV thing is super interesting too, because that's, that's something that like, I personally, if, if I'm, if I go into a bar or whatever and like, you know, the TV's on near me, I'll just like turn it off. And that's mm -hmm. like, I, I, I haven't, the, the, there was one time where I did not realize that, uh, that it was like, you know, the, I think the second last NHL playoffs <laughs> game or something like that. And I just like, you know, so, so a bunch of us came after, after improv went and sat down at the table and I, I flicked the TV off and it was like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, fuck. Sorry. Like, geez, Louise. Um, but yeah, same thing, you know, even, it, it's not like the content's engaging at all. It's always mm -hmm. just like some, some new stuff or like some kind of uh, uh, chat show things on the TV or sports, but like, like things that have no content interest for me, but I just can't keep my eyes away from it because, mm. oh, look, look at these moving images. And that's just, yeah, it, it annoys and distracts me to no end. I hate that stuff. Sorry, I just talked for like a solid four minutes there, I think. So. <laughs> um, but no, it, it is... It is something to address though, because uh, I think it would be incredibly helpful to start to normalize again, places that are uh, more inviting and, and warm and like sound uh, friendly to, to people. Like my little sister, to bring her up again, one of her best friends is an audiologist. And mm. she says there's gonna be like, a, an epidemic for lack of a better word of hearing loss uh, in people within her age group um, because of the noisy environments they've been constantly immersed in. And then of course, like having music blasted into their inner ears for a good chunk of their lives isn't helping. Um, but now is the time to start to look at ways to mitigate that instead of waiting down the road. And, you know, everyone needs a cochlear implant all of a sudden, like, and I know people like Elon Musk are already trying to figure out ways to make, gazillions of dollars off that but like it's still I don't know I have so many different thoughts on this and it's not necessarily um an ADHD thing but there is a a term called autism which with a d instead of a t um which is about this idea that spoken language and hearing are always the preferred way of communicating um but there is a lot of people who were born deaf and who speak sign language who would push back really hard against that and right rightfully so I've been learning about this too that captions are necessarily accessible to everybody if somebody learned sign language as their first language then English is is their second language like the words on the page are their second language and so it's not as easy or accessible it's a good start and I'm you know I'm trying to kind of explore that more uh, but when I think about um, this idea that you ha you have to be able to to hear and interpret things the way that everybody else is or you're out and there was a woman in this focus group who said something that really stuck with me she said I'm really tired of having to be the one who always has to adapt could we just have a situation where people adapt to me for a change she said hearing loss since she was young 
And it's just relentless. And she just gets so fatigued. And I feel the same way. It just gets so tiring to try and exist in a world that gets frustrated with me when I ask them to repeat things or doesn't offer any visual cues or, you know, a server explaining something in a restaurant of what's in the food, but I can't hear shit. And can you just write it down for me? Or can it be like, show me pictures? I don't know. Like that was the one thing when people started putting those uh, QR codes on restaurant tables, if we would be eating outside somewhere, I could just scan that and then look. And then the server doesn't have to go through that thing with me. When I go, yes, I'm hard of hearing. And they go, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I can hear you. So like, like a lot of people don't believe me, mm. I think when I say it, because they hear my voice and it sounds as though I, I can hear them fully. Um, but that's not the case, right? As you heard in that, that thing that I did for program sound, right? Like if you had your hearing, your headphones on, it, like, it sounds like they're broken. Yeah, and that's, like that's how I hear the world, right? So yeah, I don't know. I'm just thinking a lot about that these days. Like the the fact that I kind of have that layer of the auditory processing disorder with the ADHD and then the hearing loss and just trying to self-advocate can get really exhausting time after time. And half the time I just want to like have some kind of branded clothing that just says, I'm hard of hearing, speak up or write it down. Help me out, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to bring it back to the program sound thing in a sec here, but um, uh, before I just, I was thinking, cause I've been thinking about this lately. Um, this is, this is so weirdly specific and a weird point of anxiety for me, but um, so I've been looking for work and uh, some of that's obviously like customer facing stuff. Um, and something I've been really wondering about is like, okay, so because I go out now and I see so many people, um, wearing or not wearing masks. Uh, uh, so it seems like the choice is left to the staff at a lot of places. Um, and so, you know, I would, of course, if I was going to be starting work somewhere, be choosing to wear a mask still. But I think about scenarios like that, where it's like, you know, if somebody asks me like, uh, or if somebody says like, Hey, can you, I, I can't understand you. Like, like, can you, can you take your mask off? And I'm really kind of thinking about like, you know, I want to accommodate for people, but then I don't know whether again, whether somebody legit needs a hand or whether they're trying to make some fucking bully pulpit point about masks being oppression or whatever. Mm. And just like, Oh yeah, no, I can't understand. You. You're going to have to take off your mask. And right. so I, I've been kind of thinking about that a little bit. And something I saw a while ago that was um, I thought really handy was um, someone who was in that sort of scenario. Um, the person that they were speaking to uh, couldn't, couldn't understand them very well, I think because of a hearing loss or maybe a language difference or something like that. Um, and basically what this person did was they, they took their phone out and got like the Google translate live working and then just talked. And then the text that they were speaking mm. came up on the Google translate. And so I thought like, Oh, that's a really smart way. But then I was thinking about that again. Um, uh, because th th there's just no, sadly, there's not really a way that you're always going to be able to accommodate for everyone because, you know, what if, what if you're dealing with someone that can't read very fast or can't read at all, you know, like that's, that's legit. And, and so again, it's just like, well, you can try and make this accommodation, but that's not going to help out in any, in every scenario. So, you know, there's, I feel like there's always going to be, um, mm -hmm. uh, there's always going to be more steps to accommodate for more people kind of in every area of life. And that's not to say that it shouldn't be done. Um, but yeah. it's just like, yeah, just, just recognizing that it is kind of this. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, when like, mm. <laughs> so let, let's, let's take the earbud headphones thing for a sec. Um, yeah. when, when you, when you pull, when, when you're like, Oh, I, I'm, going to go catch a bus like better grab my headphones and you grab them and they're just tangled up with like 60 other things that have been you know <laughs> exactly. sitting on your nightstand or whatever and yeah. you have to just spend like three minutes just fully extricating these headphones it's like that where mm -hmm. the second you tug on that thread of accommodations um you realize just how abled you are and just how many different kinds of ways people have trouble kind of dealing with the de facto world yeah, uh, such a good point about the, like when you start to tug on the thread of something and then you realize, oh boy, there's so much more to this, right? And 
And I do see trends of people wanting, you know, to do things like uh, options, <laughs> options. What is that even like that? I don't even want to think about that anyway. It's, it's <laughs> options. Options are captions where it takes whatever was said and puts it into like third party language that uh, uh, hides who the actor was in any given scenario. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, it is nice and refreshing to see that, but just to kind of stay in the customer service thing for a minute, um, as somebody, you know, who's worked in bars and restaurants, and um, I did a little bit of, you know, brand ambassador work for Samsung and um, worked at an auto show and things like that when I first moved to Vancouver. One of the things that a lot of hard-ass managers are really adamant about is that you not have your cell phone anywhere on your person while you're, quote, on the floor so that you'll be completely, you know, um, customer-focused and, you know, present to the people that... In the moment, man. In the moment, man. But what that does is takes away that accessibility piece, right? Somebody who could say oh, here's this and is this it? And then yes, or can I show you maybe on our website or whatever? Um, and so that'd be something for, I think, managers to consider people working in restaurants, right? Like um, it, it doesn't mean that that person's going to be on Facebook all the time. Maybe they're actually using it to kind of communicate a little bit better, right? Because for me, if somebody's wearing a mask and it happens all the time and I just get used to pointing and laughing and ha ha ha, but they're way up here and I'm way down here. And the voice just doesn't get to me, right? Um, and I'm trying to like ascertain what they're saying based on like their body language and their eyes. And it's, yeah, it's a real pain in the ass. But you're right in that it can be a little bit of a of an endless thread of constantly, you know, trying to figure things out. But the willingness, I think, to at least recognize that the neurotypical way of being in the world, this quote, standard way of being in the world is not how a lot of people experience the world. And so to start to th just kind of broaden, I'm trying to broaden my horizons around that too. And I, and I struggle with this idea of being um, hard of hearing and, and I even struggle with identifying as disabled because it's, a, it's an invisible disability. So um, a lot of people don't track it and they just assume that I can hear them as well as everybody else. And, and, I, and I don't advocate like even when you heard with the program sound piece, like I'm in the coffee shop and I could have said to her, I'm hard of hearing. Can you say that again? Instead, I just say, it's so hard to hear you. And I just keep repeating the same shit over and over again, hoping she's going to understand. Like, I just want that chocolate thing that I shouldn't be having, but I want it anyway. <laughs> yeah. And, and I do that all the time. And it's like, why don't I just say, but I get so tired of self-advocacy and like what that woman was saying, always having to adapt myself to what, what's going on with other people and trying to make myself smaller and, and unobtrusive. It's uh yeah, it's a challenge for sure. I haven't really, I haven't turned a corner on it yet. I'm still kind of grappling with it. Yeah. I wasn't expecting to talk about this today with you, Jordan. We were going to talk about time, but here we are. Were we? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> that was like memorable. I, talk. <laughs> I, I actually totally don't remember. I thought we were just going in blind today. So I apologize if you've been working off of a, uh, 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 what am I looking for? An outline that I totally forgot about. No, it wasn't. It was, this was me saying, let's talk about time. And then not really coming up with any specific thing about time. But um, yeah, maybe it is good to talk about the accessibility piece. Because I'm sure there are lots of folks out there with ADHD who struggle. Well, I know it's, it's one of the, one of the challenges of it is the auditory processing, right? And that is... That is a disability, right? Like it, it's mm -hmm. something to be, um, something to be res to be respected and to uh, to work with, to yeah. be gentle with and patient. Yeah, yeah. So, speaking of the hearing loss, why don't you uh, do you want to talk about about the program sound thing and kind of how that went and and your experience putting that together and hearing yourself, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. It was really. Um, that experience of recording a morning walk of like what that sounds like for me and having really good equipment so that I could um, kind of invite the sounds of the world in. And like walking around with the, with the, 
but the earbuds plugged right into the Zoom was almost like an amplifier. So I was actually hearing more sounds than I usually do as I was recording. It was quite interesting. Um, but then as soon as I took those out, it was, you know, back to no more birdsong, no more wind in the trees, um, no more hearing people walking behind me. Uh, so um, as I kind of went through that process and like I was saying, going to get a cup of coffee at the place around the corner. And I went to a different place than I usually go to because I have my mind that I wanted one of these gluten-free donuts and it was early in the day to be having that much sugar, but whatever. And then just repeating myself over and over again to her while I had the recorder in my hand, it was just such a, it's just such a reflex thing for me to do. Um, she probably thought it was just my phone or something, but anyway, yeah. Thank so um, and then walking down to the water and everything and then putting that together and, and editing it so that people could hear what I hear so that the, you know, the left side was completely silent and then just a little bit of sound kind of trickling in. Uh, it would be really fascinating to work with even more advanced equipment to get some of those like lower and higher frequencies in there. But it was a really um, cool experience to do that. Although I will say when I started listening to the sh to the broadcast on Sunday, I got really freaked out because I didn't have my headphones on because I felt I wanted to hear it too. And it wasn't the same as when I had had my headphones on and I thought maybe there was something wrong with the sound. Um, but it, it did come through. Um, and uh, my hope is that people that heard that maybe have a better understanding of uh, what it's like to move through the world without um, all the sounds in your ears that um, a lot of people have. I, I don't know, I, I felt like um, afterwards, I felt kind of a sense of, okay, this is out there now. And now I want to do more of this. Right? Like now I want to, I want to do more kind of art experiences where people can immerse themselves fully in it uh, and maybe challenge people. Like, can you hear what she's saying? Can right. you or no? Or like, where, where, like, where's your hearing at? And then maybe, um, yeah, kind of make it a bit more participatory. I saw something yesterday. There's uh, it's remember I was telling you about creative mornings. I don't know. Yeah. If, mm -hmm. Yeah. So um they had these field trips coming up uh, with this, uh, it's called like pop-ups, pop-up stories or something. It's an organization out of uh, San Francisco and they do all kinds of immersive storytelling. So I'm like, I should just pitch them something and see if maybe um, they'd go for it. Uh, I got a lovely email from the, from the program manager saying, you know, thank you for trusting us with your art and it was really great. And so um, it, it, it does have me thinking more about that, like about using it, uh, as an art piece and a storytelling piece, but also as a, as a kind of an advocacy um, thing as well. So, yeah, I, I always kind of struggle after I do things like that too, because I, I feel like, did anybody really hear it? Like, did it land, right? Um, hearing it, but yeah, that's, I, I guess I've been feeling kind of, not low, but just kind of like, oh, okay, that's done now. Now what? Maybe a little deflated. Deflated. That's a good word for it, Jordan. Thank you. Yeah. But it's still yeah, a cool process. Yeah. Totally. I find that, um, that yeah, I'm, I'm really bad for that stuff. Uh, as you say, it's not like a negativity. It's not a downness. But I think, I think a deflation is right because, you know, you've been running around uh, full of, of energy and full of the kind of like air of whatever this creative project is. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it's like if you suddenly let go of a balloon, you're flying around the room for a little bit and that's you kind of like getting that project done or getting that out, but then there's no air left after, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe I'm kind of in that airless space, right? And then, so I have to kind of create more ways to uh, do other things that kind of bring me to that, that choice. Yeah, that, that's, that's the ADHD thing of like, of not settling still, not acknowledging achievements. And so, yeah, so you, you hit that deflation point of like this project is done and it's easy to stay there if you don't find a way to kind of get that air back in you real quick. And for, for ADHD people, that often just means another project. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I was kind of intuitively doing that without knowing it because um, that, and, you know, looking for things to do that are bringing in more money as well. Um, I had an encouraging um, email introduction about maybe doing some accessibility uh, testing for somebody mm -hmm. who does educational design. So that could be cool. Um, cool. I don't know what that even looks like, but 
try to, you know, think what, like, you know, John Schadler said, like, instead of thinking like, oh, I don't have this linear thing, instead think like, oh, I wonder what I'm going to do next. This could be cool, you know, and then just kind of lean mm -hmm. into that and just make sure there's some, some kind of transactional aspect of it so that the rent's paid and all that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what other things were we going to talk about today? Well, like I said, I, I completely, I was just going in blind thinking we were just hanging out um, and just going to yeah. kind of talk about whatever. I totally forgot about the time aspect. Um, mm. But yeah, uh, hmm, let me see here. There was, oh shoot, there was something I was going to bring up, but it's kind of lost now. Oh, well. Hmm. No, I talked about that. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Um, you know, and we don't have to go too far into it, but I think I was talking about this on the phone with um, my counselor suggesting that I try to look at time through a lens of because I, you know, I often say it's now, not right now, but think of time horizons instead of time infinite. So uh, if I can see the horizon, I can see an endpoint, right? Um, and so I'm trying to do that a little bit, like okay, so I have two weeks to do this particular project, like work on my new resume and then set a date for it. Um, I have a calendar just here on my right, which I'm trying to use more efficiently because it has to be in my line of sight or it's totally out of mind for me. Um, but yeah, just trying to think of time in a different way. Like it's not forever. Like if I'm going, if I say yes to something, it doesn't mean I'm going to be doing it um, <laughs> for eternity because that's how my mind works, right? It's like, whatever I'm doing right now, I'm doing forever. And, and I need to think of it like whatever I'm doing right now is something I need to do for an hour in order to, you know, get paid and then move on to the next thing. Um, but I don't know if you have that kind of experience with time, but it's, it's an interesting kind of process for me to start to look at it differently to try. Yeah. That's, that's been something that um, for, for a number of reasons in my life, I've really, been kind of confronting that uh in the last two three years of of just yeah um not specifically with like projects or things but but tending to think that that everything is permanent i mean you know that's like i i worked at one place from like 2006 to 2019 you know i've i've been in one relationship since i was like 20 um it's it's kind of yeah you, you just kind of like Ex not expect but i guess i guess not challenging that assumption that the way things are now is the way that things are always going to be mm -hmm. um and and kind of i'm not going to say that i was like well maybe i was maybe that's part of 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 kind of um where getting out and trying different activities and doing all this kind of stuff has has helped me realize that you know you're not the same person permanently like you you can at 35 or however old 36 I was um you can go and just like decide to start doing contemporary dance if you want to do that if you mm. want to try that out like you, you can you can do all these things and it doesn't mean that you have to be good at them and it doesn't mean that you have to be doing them every week for the rest of your life these can just be things mm. that you kind of try out and kind of the same thing of just like you know um I'm just trying to not hold on to anything so tightly anymore because again like like i i held on way past when i should have left at my old job um and that ended up doing a lot of harm to me and i have to assume kept me from exploring other opportunities as well right and that that so so that obviously at its core comes down to like a security thing. Um, and, and it's, it's easy to identify those security things when they have something to do with like obvious security stuff, like how you get paid and how you put mm. food in your mouth and these sorts of things. But yeah, yeah it just kind of like led to challenging. Okay. So what, what else, what else in my life do I assume is permanent? Why do I go into every relationship, friendship, whatever, thinking that this thing is like, this is, this is forever now. And it's, you know, um, trying, trying to get more, I guess. Yeah. Just, 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 just more, um, you keep wanting to say loosey goosey, <laughs> getting more loosey goosey about that stuff. And just, and just not kind of thinking that, that anything is permanent, like for better and worse. And so that means that, you know, um, 
don't assume that something's going to be around forever because that's how you take things for granted, but also assuming that things won't be around forever and kind of accepting and expecting impermanence and, and, and transiency helps you focus on what's happening, you know, in the moment at any given time. And just like, you know, I'm really enjoying my time with this person and I'd better make sure that I'm like here and present for that and, and enjoying this because, you know, I can't take for granted that this person will be around forever. And I can't take for granted that I'll always live in this city or like, well, hell, like the 2013 flood, you know, where it's like, mm. I, I, I can't take for granted that I will go and see elbow falls the same way that it was before, because I can't anymore like that, that has been permanently altered by that flood. Like you can't go back to that place anymore. Just like, you know, you can't step in the same river twice or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's where, yeah, I, I feel like it's kind of giving me the impetus to be more present in my daily life. So. Oh, I really appreciate that. And I didn't know that about Elbow Falls. The, the, the flood just basically decimated it. Yeah, it, it, it totally like the, the falls are still there and stuff, um, but it, it totally rerouted the river and all that kind of stuff. And it's just changed wow. the landscape of it completely. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, um, and it's funny because I, I saw a mural not far from here that was like, yeah, you never step in the same river twice, right? Water's always changing. And I really appreciate that. And, you know, the Buddhists have a really good handle on the whole idea of the present moment. And, you know, that's where the magic is and that's where life is. And that's where you um, sort of reduce your level of suffering if you're just in the present moment and you're not, you're not in yesterday and you're not in today. But for me, that's great and very appealing. But I also, as a, as a person living in an area of the world that is incredibly expensive and just trying to, you know, exist, I also have to think a little bit, I have to think more about the future than I ever have, I think. Um, just in terms of taking care of myself financially, but no, that's really good. Um, I really just really appreciate what you're saying about that, that it's not, nothing is permanent and impermanence to me is very appealing on a lot of different levels, right? Like you have that more um, presence and gratitude for the people in your life and for the things that you're experiencing as you're experiencing them and not taking them for granted. I think that's so important. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying, I'm trying to do that right now, even where we are with my little balcony garden and you know i've got these crazy pole beans growing everywhere nice um, and we were actually i remember i was telling you we went for an interview at a co-op uh last week right and uh they offered it to us um but we had to decline it um because um it was a lot smaller and uh, there was no space for me to have my my little balcony jungle um and uh that was a hard decision because yeah. that was like okay, here's this thing that's like, you know, financially would make a lot of sense for us. But um, in terms of location as well, it was on the other side of the city, not far from where I used to live off the drive. Uh, but with Broadway just undergoing massive construction for the subway right now, and even taking the 99 down there was a bit of an ordeal. And then taking like getting, so getting to the west side, east side would have been, would have been really difficult. And so we had to say no to it, but it also, it just kind of what brings that up for me is this idea of being grateful for where you are in the moment and valuing what you have. And, and I really love where we live right now um, because of this little refuge that I've created, but also I don't even have to cross the street to go to my dentist. <laughs> There's all these like, things I can go get blood tests done. There's like all this, all these conveniences, you know, we can walk to get our groceries. And um, so, yeah. I don't know why I it's took it. It's funny to think hospital. of the dentist as a convenience, but you've been spending more time than anyone I know there lately. So oh, it God, makes sense that that would be important. Like, that's it, right? Like, I have never spent so much time at the dentist as I did this year. And the money that has gone out the door has just been like gobsmacking. And I feel lucky to have had access to credit and things like that so that I could get that done. But um, yeah, the crown is in there now. I have a full mouth of teeth once again after that was almost a two year ordeal from the time Holy that happened started until it finally got sorted out um and a lot of money um so i mean i take really good care of my teeth i do i floss i brush i do all the right things i don't eat that much sugar but apparently potato chips are kind of bad though but i'm trying not to yeah they can kind of accrete in there and uh you know simple starches just turn into sugars so yeah i 
have historically not taken great care of my teeth, as many ADHD people will tell you. Um, but yeah, it's it's just so funny because so my sister, uh, my sister and I have like opposite dental histories where she's always been very, very fastidious about it. Uh, about taking care of her teeth and stuff. And yet she's the one who got soft enamel and all these cavities and all these different issues that were totally outside of her control. Whereas, mm -hmm. you know, I'm just like, just doing nothing and, 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 you know, biting Legos apart since I was a kid and all this kind of stuff and never, never had a cavity, never cracked anything like blah, blah, blah. I had to get my wisdom teeth out, but that's again, totally outside of my control. But yeah, mm -hmm. it's just like, so much of that stuff is, is, just a genetic roll of the dice. And it really sucks that if you roll snake eyes, uh, you know, you're on your own dime here in Canada. So, yeah. And my mom and I talked about that too, because she said she took um, calcium supplements with all three of us kids so that we wouldn't go through what she went through because when her mother was pregnant with her, um, it was shortly after the depression and there was like literally like food shortages and shit. Like yeah. my mother was not getting enough calcium in her diet. That's it. Right. Like, um, and so, yeah, like it's like, you just kind of progress as best you can. Right. And I take calcium magnesium supplements and yeah, just hope for the best. Right. Um, but yeah, I was thinking about that today, about like why I feel so tired sometimes. And it's just like, yeah, man, like I just went through a dental ordeal. It takes a while for my body to catch up. Right. But it is better now. Speaking of, we are at exactly an hour, pretty much. Oh, look at that. Of chatting and catching up. And I really appreciate this um, and appreciate you and your fancy new. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it's, it's extremely fancy. Um, you can only get this sort of haircut if you have uh, $20 to buy a Conair pair of clippers and uh, some time on your hands. It's extremely elite. <laughs> Just one more thing I meant, I did mean to bring up. I just remembered the thing I wanted to talk about like 20 minutes ago. Um, mm. So yeah, I just, something that I think is really interesting um, when you were talking about how, when you listen to it without the headphones, how different it was, yeah. that's something that like I, it boggles my mind sometimes how much different things are in headphones versus uh, over the speakers, even, even with me as, as a fully, fully abled hearing wise person. And I actually think that I have better hearing than the average person. Um, you can see like my speakers are on the shelf just behind me. Like they're not far from me at all. It's probably six feet from my back to the shelf. Yeah. Um, and so yesterday I was working on, or Sunday, Sunday I was working on some music and I had all of this, um, um, I, I got everything all composed and mixed and blah, blah, blah. And I had listened to it on the speakers like probably a half dozen times while I was kind of doing my mix downs and stuff and I was getting ready to submit it um and then I was like okay I better I better just put the headphones on just in case and I put my headphones on and I had to basically remix the whole thing because like just there, there's just so many details that just because of how when when sound occupies the physical space it's it spreads out so much wider than it does in your headphones so things that like the, the, there was stuff that I was not noticing listening to it on the speakers that was actually mixed like like so annoyingly loud that I couldn't even finish listening to the playthrough the first time I was playing it back with headphones on. I was like, I can't even finish this before I like lower these hi-hats by like a lot um, and and those sorts of things just because, yeah, it's, it's just so I thought it was interesting um, that there is such a huge difference between listening to something over speakers and listening to something on headphones, even if it's not stuff that's specifically designed for a headphone experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like the speakers, like even on like my laptop are pretty crappy. Like if we try to watch a movie or something, it's just not, it's not as good. Right. And I, at one point I did get these Bluetooth headphone things and then they sucked. Or I just didn't know how to operate them and then whatever gave them away. It was one of those impulse buys. I did that two times for as well. I was like, stop doing that. You're wasting money. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I did try at one point because I have like the Bluetooth, like with this thing that I can directly put sound right into my earphones, but they're not stereo. Right. So it's just good. For right. Like it doesn't, it like, there's no way I could have done what I did with that project using this. I had to have the, this on with one hearing aid, but I can't wear the hearing aid. And this year when I wear a microphone or headphones, cause it squawks, mm. so annoying. Um, anyway, this is actually, I don't know if we would even want to be using this, but have you seen The Quiet Place yet? That no, uh, the, no. 
Um, what's really interesting to me, and I don't usually get drawn to those kinds of action horror things, but I, something in me wanted to see it and I didn't know why. So we watched it and the young woman who's in it is deaf, but she has this <laughs> cochlear implant and her dad had been trying like for years to try to, you know, make her hearing. And there's a bit of ableism in there and whatever in the dialogue, but she ends up kind of being the hero of the story because it's her squawking um, feedbacky thing in her hearing aids that the aliens um, that it that, like it kills them. It stops them basically, mm, mm. Or, or it like disrupts them to the point where they're like more vulnerable. Right. So I was like, aha. So when the alien apocalypse comes, this is who you need in your corner is somebody who's got a squawky hearing aid. That's going to be like, bzz, 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 they're going to be talking. If you enjoyed Holy Shit, I Have ADHD, subscribing to and reviewing it on your podcast platform of choice helps more neurodivergent folks find us, as does following and promoting the show on social media. A full list of platforms is on our Anchor page at anchor.fm forward slash holy shit, I have ADHD. While you're there, why not leave us a voicemail? You can also share your thoughts on this episode or your own ADHD experiences with us at you guessed it, holy shit, I have ADHD at gmail.com or via our social media pages in the episode notes. Bye for now and hyper focus on the positive. <laughs>